Voice Notes Unscripted, episode 10, the big 1-0. Here we are, me and Rory, back at it again for some more antics and up to no goodness. But um, before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to those people who, those very special people in my heart who mentioned the podcast to me in passing or, or keep me accountable basically and say, look, where's the podcast? Like, I've been listening, I've not heard seen any more episodes or I've been listening, I've been enjoying it. Like, that's such a nice thing and we really appreciate it. So, yeah, thank you to all you guys. So, Rory, how are we doing? Let's do a little bit of a recap check-in post, uh, post-Christmas, post-New Year's. Yeah, mate, all good. So, one one week into the New Year, it's flying already, isn't it? Um, and yeah, just, just wheels in motion on the, <clears throat> on kind of what, I suppose, what really like. I want to achieve and what I want to help people achieve in 2023. But it's been a good week, mate. How about you? It's been very good, mate. I was just thinking just before we got started, like, this is the best I've felt in a while, man. I'm, I'm like, I've got good. so many things in the pipeline and my training's going good. Nutrition's okay to good. And it's, it's more, definitely more good than it is bad. And yeah, man, everything's just moving in the right direction. So I'm feeling, feeling good, feeling fresh. So we've got a, uh, we've got a topic request, I believe, Raw. So uh, hit me with it. So um, some of you may be fans of uh, Stephen Bartlett's podcast, so Dory of CEO, and I think a lot of people are. Um, little side note to that, I actually went to the live show in March, so, quite, so quite, nearly a year ago now, um, and I did enjoy it. And I I went through a phase, you know, where we all go through phases with podcasts or books or TV shows. And like, I went through a phase where I listened to every episode, like I found the guests very interesting. And then... I think at a point last year, he started doing like an American tour. And right. I kind of, um, I stopped listening to it a little bit. Not because I didn't think it was good. It was just, I was finding the guests less and less relatable. Mm. Um, anyway, last week he had someone on called Tim Spector, who's quite a controversial figure um, when it comes to nutrition. And there's been a lot of like, um, there's been a lot of things said about the episode, a lot of the things he said, some of the short clips they put on Instagram, mate, which obviously you've seen just before we come on to recording. Um, and someone asked me, like, we, someone said we should talk about it. I like it. I like it. And the thing is, the things he's been saying are like, as you say, they're not just a little bit controversial. It's like you, you pick a fight, a fight, you pick a fight in the fitness industry. You can pretty much do anything like if we say calories in, calories out versus like, I don't know, some other form of diet. Yeah, fair enough. Like you're going to find a opposing force against that. But he seems to have selected everyone and just said, right, your, your ideas are shit. This is, mm. this is what the truth is. This is my opinion. Deal with it. So I'm being educated on it because I've not watched the episode myself, but I understand the gist of what he's saying. So what kind of what do we want to touch on first? So I suppose like if you if you give a bit of background to who this guy is, so he's got an OBE. So you're probably thinking, fucking hell, he's a big fucking yeah, top like, dog. Yeah, top boy. Da, da, da. Which, you know, credit where credit's due. I'm sure he's, you know, he's clearly a very clever, clever man. Um, whether everything he says is correct, I think is is up for debate. Uh, but who am I? Who am I to say that? So he basically owns runs a company called zoe which um i'm gonna for anyone who's just listening and not watching quotation marks um they basically work out personalized nutrition for people we'll come on to that a little bit later interesting Um, and basically they 
that he he claims to be like a good health expert um i think he's like a he went to like medical school so he's a doctor trained um i'm always you know obviously i have a lot of respect for doctors they have to do a lot of training they're clearly like you know very good at what they do a lot of them um but should they should they be guiding us when it comes to nutrition and exercise i would challenge that and say no i would say they're not that qualified to give that advice because they don't study it right they study medicine um or they study being specialists in a certain area of medicine so i think that we should take a pinch of salt what they say um especially with doctors a lot of them being overweight stressed out their mind the nature of the job not that i expect doctors to be in shape but i think there's got to be a level of accountability where people in the medical field um <clears throat> who give like health nutrition training advice they've got to they've got to be doing it as well right otherwise what you know you wouldn't listen to a fat pt so yeah, exactly. and that's the, that's the reality of it so why would you listen to a fat doctor I, I i totally agree and it is slightly controversial again because you get like the plus size you know um body positivity and all that stuff that's the we, we're, we're teetering on the edge of that there but like I agree because if if I look back right, and we go back to our school days and stuff like that, like if we look at like the food pyramid that the government provided, like these are you like your bottom foods, like uh, they like your core foods, like carbs and stuff like that, and then you have like your sweets at the top where you, at the top of the pyramid you have only a little bit of this, but like a lot of teachers and now this isn't doctors, but I'm imagining that the medical profession kind of have fed the information through to the government then in order to pass it on to kids and stuff, like kids are learning this this um pyramid the food pyramid and then they're trying to trying to understand it and then they live their life off that but then when i've come like to be an adult and like actually like get my ass into gear and figure out nutrition like it was just all wrong everything mm -hmm. i learned based on as i say as you say um based on people who aren't necessarily living the life they're just passing on the information there's a difference there. there's a bit of a discrepancy but do continue about our our uh, protagonist so i just thought i'd mate just because i want to know the exact um just because i want to know the the exact kind of uh places and an order of kind of league if you like i've just i've just gone on to world obesity world obesity atlas to find out um where the uk rank in terms of like obesity ratings worldwide i've read a, a, a while you're doing that i did read something on this it's like um the obesity rate's pretty bad but um i think it was i read a book and it was a diet book but it was talking about like the negative effects of um oils and processed oils and what a lot of people don't understand and me included before reading this is that like if you hear of like rapeseed oil sunflower oil um other types of oil like cheap oils what mm. they're actually or vegetable oil they're actually like they have to be hyper heated which is fair enough, but and then they have to be bleached in order to make them edible. And people don't realize that. And then when they looked at the studies, like they found that the cheaper food and like the, the fast food um, industry that like kind of uh, blossomed in foreign countries, obviously foreign to the UK, like Dubai, um, places of that nature, because it's so cheap and like the oil's so cheap that they would like, they'd stock up on that and their obesity rates would go through the roof based on just like this cheap food source that's basically just like a toxin for you mate yeah <clears throat> it's 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 crazy isn't it so i've just i've just found um this isn't exactly what i was looking for but around three quarters of people 
aged 45 to 74 in England are overweight or obese, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, let, let's go even younger, actually. So so 30, 30% of people aged 35 to 44 are obese in the UK. This is 2019 stats. I'm sure it's changed a little bit since then. Um, yep. And then what, 23, add 50, uh, 35%. So what, 58% of people aged 25 to 34. So one in two people, you could say, aged 25 to 34 are either overweight or obese, right? So when we take that, I don't think the way we are, you know, the way the government, the way doctors are, whoever, right, are carrying out this kind of nutrition advice, health advice, weight management advice. We're not doing a very good job, are we, if one in two are overweight? That's a great point. Great point. Like the, the stats don't lie. Mm. And I suppose it comes to the argument, like, mate, what's the, the number one thing I see as an obstacle to people losing weight, getting in shape is there's a couple of things. You can't just summarize it into one, but definitely a lack of education and a lack of knowledge. Like people don't know what to do and they don't know why to do it. But also there's an argument for simplicity, right? So like the simplicity of um, weight loss. And I'm not saying it's a, it, it's so, so simple because it's not so simple. There's, there's multiple factors to it, but we don't, we don't help ourselves by the advice we give. And I'm going to loop back around now and say, this is why I did not agree with a lot of the things that Tim Spector said in this podcast. Oh yeah, like I, I will jump in there and just say that was one of the things that flagged up to me because a lot of people who listen to this stuff, like you're going to have a lot of enthusiasts, right? You're going to have a lot of people who are um, generally interested, like we are, like to understand what the latest uh, trends are in nutrition, what the latest research says. But the other side of the coin is just the common people who just kind of listen to this stuff in passing and. They're taking on board this new information. And now I can't say what he said is right or wrong. I've got no context. But we need to declutter and clear up the conversation just for just to give people the facts. And I know that's one of your kind of messages to like and mm. aims as a as a coach is just to do that. But when we start adding in this guy's got like more than five books, I don't know how, how many in total, and it's just adding confusion. It's, it's the classic kind of like, oh, try this diet, try that diet, rather than fundamental principles of both increased nut- better nutrition better mental health and better physical health like all those things are intertwined if we just give people good advice good quality proven advice and start like going crazy with it all and then maybe we'd actually get somewhere mm, mate absolutely um i think the biggest the biggest issue we've we was how the podcast started so basically stephen bartlett says to him oh look um you know i've got friends who like track trap macros and, and to be honest like you know although i've got a lot of respect for him i thought it was a poorly it was a poorly asked question um yeah. he, he was like i've got friends who who trap macros you know they'll they'll eat anything but if it fits their macros it's okay calorie deficit da 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 like what do you think of that and that's not a very clear question like because then tim spector's got to come back and answer okay he's got to separate calorie deficit from he's got to separate the um the principle of a calorie deficit against the method of an if it fits macros right yeah yeah so like that that's how i would have answered that question i would have said okay let's separate the two and basically he turned around and said no it's a load of rubbish um there's never ever been any long-term studies to, to suggest that uh calorie counting is successful in the long term right and mm-hmm. and then basically stephen was like oh wow wow you know and, and all of a sudden we've kind of he's kind of given this answer that 
you shouldn't look to be in a calorie deficit and you shouldn't look to be aware of how many calories you're consuming, right? Which we know is is poor advice. Yeah, for sure, for sure. If, if there's something simple that I would just say to someone, just track your calories for a day, just see where you're at. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think, like, again, like for everyone listening, so we, so we avoid confusion. Like, we're not necessarily saying that everyone needs to track calories for the rest of their life. Again, that's a that's a tool. It's a method. It's not a principle. Yeah. But the principle of a calorie defi- deficit is anybody who you ever know and you ever will know who loses weight or loses body fat, the reason they've lost it is because they've put themselves in what we call a calorie a calorie deficit, a negative energy balance for a period of time. It doesn't matter whether it's been for a low-carb diet, a low-fat diet, a calorie-counted diet, slimming world, um, fasting, whatever you like, right? It's because of the deficit, like a calorie deficit. It's because of the negative energy balance. And that's the number one rule of like of, of weight loss, weight management, nutrition, um, <clears throat> thermodynamics whatever you want to call it like energy can't be destroyed it can only be passed from one form to another and this is what happens when you're when you're in a deficit you know you're burning more energy than you're consuming and that's what create with this that's what creates this thing we call a calorie deficit and that is how weight is lost or alternatively if you're consuming more calories than you're burning that is a surplus and how you gain weight and that is the number one fundamental but he didn't state that in the podcast which i thought was I thought was bad and misinformed. Yeah, I, I would. I would wonder in his defense. I don't know how many podcasts he does. Is he is he on like a podcast tour because he's got a new book out? Possibly. Because uh, my only thing is, I'm thinking if you do, if you're doing your rounds on the podcast world, as a lot of people do these days, sometimes like you've repeated the same thing x amount of times, and therefore you kind of forget to give the context because you, you've spoken about the same topic so many times. That's just a potential thing that could happen, giving someone the benefit of the doubt. Again, I, I'm not too sure. Yeah, mate. And, mate. and the thing is, the argument I would make is, if you're, chal- if you're going on with the responsibility of being yes, called yeah. an expert and being t- telling a big audience that you're an expert, especially with something that's you know important when it comes to nutrition, people's weight, people's health, got to be crystal clear on what you're saying like no, that's a fair point mate. if yeah. you ask me mate fucking you know if i get a phone call not that it's going to happen anytime soon but <laughs> if i get a phone call from Stephen bartlett's pr team and they say rory we want you to come on and talk about this subject in your field you know we're going to call you an expert we're going to call you this quiz i'll tell you no mate i like i, I want to know the questions beforehand and i want to know what on the information i'm giving is good quality backed up information right because it's not fair on the listener yeah you are right now this is where i'm totally in line with you here but you're gonna you're coming at this from a principle of like like genuinely sincere wanting of people to improve their lives and like achieve their goals whatever that might be so the problem is on with online culture um and i'm thinking of the liver king specifically that's what comes to mind i'm not got a lot of context on him either i just know that he's recently been kind of exposed but so the liver king for all you guys out there who uh, aren't too aware he's like this big massive geezer who's just got an incredible physique and he's preached for however long that um uh 
that he's not on any gear, any steroids or whatever. And it came out and then you see his full steroid cycle. The thing is, he was saying, oh, this this body's achievable, natural by eating these certain like um, certain meats, like like liver meat, for example, like testicles and stuff like that. And, and then he's come out and been exposed. But what he realizes, in my opinion, is that like it doesn't matter as long as he's trending and controversial the income's then rolling in and he's he he believes he's doing a somewhat positive message he doesn't care and people don't see in the same light as me or you would they don't care about the other people they care about what's the bank balance what's the views how can we upgrade our our um, um cpm to get more money in per click and all this stuff it's it's a different kind of battle that people are playing and i would argue based on how he how this Instagram clips been framed, how the podcast has been framed. The controversy is basically fueling his bank balance and he knows that. Yeah, so he'll yeah. come in and just be like, right, this. And it's like, boom, bombshell. Okay. So, but we need to look at it. What, what's the gain here? Is, he, is his social media following yeah. going to go up now? Are people going to hate him? Yes. But are some people going to love mm -hmm. him? Absolutely. Because he's polarizing an audience and he will then start to develop a cult following. And then that starts to kind of like pushing forward and forward. I'm not saying he's a new person on the block or anything like that. I'm just giving a bit of context. That I think that's the game people play. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. And it, it links in nicely. So there's um there's a <clears throat> there's a guy called Martin McDonald, who's basically like a dietitian nutritionist, and um some people will have heard of him. Some people will have not heard of him. And of interest, mate, have you heard of Martin McDonald? I haven't. So he's. He's very well known in my industry. Um, so he he owns a company called Mac Nutrition, right? Um, and basically, that they're, they're like um, they were. I'm not sure if they still are. I think they still are to some extent, but they were like a, a, just a nutrition consultancy for a long time. So he studied, okay. you know, he he basically trained as a dietitian at uni, did a masters in 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 nutrition, etc. So he's been, you know, he, he's not a doctor. He's been bought through. The education system as a dietitian right okay with a lot of different people set his own nutrition consultancy and then after a number of years he basically felt that a lot of the education around nutrition was dated was old was not particularly helpful so he made his own course up called it's called mnu mat nutrition uni it's like this 12 month course it's quite intense and the basically by the end of it you can get insured it's basically like a three-year degree crammed into a year and uh, at the end of it, you are insurable as a nutritionist, right? It's a pretty big thing, right? Very yeah, successful man. guy. Huge. Very successful guy. Um, and I would probably say he's my number one source when it comes to nutritional information, right? Um, he's he's fantastic. And he did a podcast back in September, October. So well before this episode came out, talking about Tim Spector, because he'd had a lot of his students, a lot of people saying, you know, what what are your thoughts on this guy and what he's saying? Mm. And he did a really interesting podcast, only 12 minutes long. I recommend people go and listen to it. Basically, he calls him a sellout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because he's like, he's a sellout. Um, you know, if you look at so he was like a lot of the a lot of the statements that a lot of people make about, you know, personalized nutrition. He says you get a lot of these people who say, you know, oh, blood glucose, or oh, gut health, or oh, personalized nutrition. And he was like, Yeah, if you look at the advice they give to pretty much everyone, it's eat less processed food, eat more plants. It's like yeah. the same fucking blanket advice that everyone says. And 
it is crazy and basically that's what that's what zoe does long story short this tim Spector's company so you are absolutely right mate i think yeah it's um it is interesting because it's a typical well well to me it's a well-known like money funnel right if you can get like people to want to sign up to your nutrition plan and then you can just sell it on to them like it's the classic like copy and pasting you can do that for a lot of people nutrition is a very very complicated and yeah diverse subject and like with nutrition and meal plans and stuff like that i think it's like such a dangerous thing to like want to do because again like you've got so many specific variables to you you might have something in your blood that you don't react to um like for example a recent thing is some some people their cholesterol was reacted terribly to too many eggs now that yeah. that's something we know um as like a potential warning but then other people absolutely have no problem at all with the eggs mm. and the hdl the ldl is absolutely fine but like there's no way with uh, an online plan or anything like that and i have to assume with this uh, zoe or whatever the company's called um zoe um that, that i don't imagine that they're ever going to be able to delve into that level and you know cater the nutrition and like it just it just baffles me and with um your man there the nutritionist the mnu his university i do find that interesting because i think like a lot of times like we find especially in this day and age where information is such a commodity that we are dated when we look at the university's knowledge like there are some things that are like our principles that we know right it's like if we was to look at psychology i would imagine there are core principles there that haven't changed in a long time and we understand them but like it is an expanding um field and like how often it gets updated i'm not too sure but in the terms mm. of nutrition there's there's no stuff coming out every day and with the i will say though on um the the guy's side that i've heard a lot of people talk about the gut biome Mm. and how complicated it is and we actually really 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 haven't got the slightest yeah. idea of what's going on yeah. so perhaps that's what opens up the door then to say let's not shut it down entirely but let's approach it in a bit of a you know a, a logical way. way yeah exactly. it's interesting mate because obviously you know something else he, he speaks a little bit about um <clears throat> the gut um not particularly too much detail i felt in the podcast i thought he was quite vague i thought he was quite non-specific and and you know nutrition is i suppose you know when you're talking about person to person can be quite non you know can be quite um specific so i suppose in a way you kind of have to be non-specific when you're talking broadly yes, but definitely. at the same at the same time like he says that oh you know this you've got you've got uh, these things in your gut that promote serotonin you've got these things in your gut that promote this so um if you eat this that that pushes more of that that makes you feel better so therefore you'll lose weight and i'm just I, I don't buy into it mate at all like i don't i don't see that we know enough about that to be able to, to be able to say to someone you know you have all this stuff going on you've got if you do this you'll lose weight and then for him to turn around and say you know exercise is an ineffective way to lose weight you know no one was born yesterday we all know if you eat shit and go to the gym you'll get stronger you'll probably feel better you'll probably sleep better um yes like it's probably better than doing nothing but you probably won't lose weight we're not idiots like we we know that but we also know that dieting alone isn't as effective as a diet and exercise regime put together right so to say exercise is a poor 
way to go about losing weight. And and as well, what exercise are we talking about? Are we yeah. talking about a game of squash? Are we talking about resistance training? Are we talking about walking? We know there's so much research on NEAT and how non-exercise activity plays a huge role in people's weight maintenance. We know that through dieting, NEAT slows down. So we know that being able to track your NEAT via steps is a fucking amazing way of staying on top of weight maintenance, help weight loss. There was some really interesting studies done where they took a bunch of people. Um, and this is from a guy named James, uh, James Kruger. Um, and it, kind of similar to like Martin McDonald. So he, he did a really good sort of lecture on this. And he would speak about how they took a bunch of participants and basically got them to live in a, what they call the metabolic chamber, basically a hotel room for a day. And through the, through the oxygen in the air, they, they measured their, they measured how many calories they burned throughout their time in the chamber. And obviously they can't go anywhere. If you're in a hotel room, you can't go anywhere. And they just told them to, you know, sleep there, live there for the day. Just chill. Mate, yeah. Guess guess what the calorie burn difference was in NEAT between participants. Uh, mate, I, I, I gen- genuinely, I would I have to imagine it's minimal, but I feel like that's not what you're going to tell me. Mate, it was massive. So like... <clears throat> So I think some participants burned as little as like 150 to 200 calories from NEAT. Some people burned up to 600. So th- so this was, this they, they didn't have steps watches on. They were just told to be there. So what this tells us is NEAT is a genetical, biological sort of phenomenon in that some people move more than others. A brilliant way to like look at this and, and kind of like, I, I really enjoyed this this lecture because I kind of took the piss out of people as well. <laughs> and they basically got a picture of Oprah Winfrey up. Okay. And they're like, Oprah Winfrey's been renowned for like struggling to lose weight, struggling with her weight over the years. And they said, you can bet your bottom dollar, Oprah Winfrey's probably one of these people who has, who would be on the low end of the neat. Okay. So, you know, that is someone who would have to be particularly conscious about their steps yeah. about their movement because if you dropped a, a steps tracker or you know you monitored the knee on these people they would you know they, they don't move enough so it's easier for them to overeat into a surplus that so therefore it's a, it, you know easier to gain weight and then you've also got people i'm trying to think of a good example here but the best way i can i can give an example is we've all got a friend or a family member who says I've got a fast metabolism. I can eat anything and not put on weight. Yeah. And basically, these are your like neatomatics. So like the people who have a high neat, they will potter around, they will fidget, they will be, you know, people who just move around a lot. And if you add up the difference between like people's neat, high end and low end, it is massive. And that's why a lot of people are overweight and a lot of people are not. So if people had an understanding of that exercise, what is and would be a very powerful way to control weight and help lose weight so to say it's not important is fucking stupid and for the audience rory neat can we have the definition please yeah so it's non-exercise activity thermogenesis and it's basically just um uh exercise that isn't planned if that makes sense so like it's neat isn't going to the gym yeah yeah, n- neat isn't going for a run. Neat is like so. Like, let's say for example, like I had to come upstairs to jump on this podcast for you, mate. That is neat. Like, yeah. I didn't choose to engage with exercise. I had to come up the stairs, right? But I there is a caloric burn for that. Like, you know, it will be minimal. But if you think across a sixteen-hour day, that adds up. 
you know, if you're someone who parks, walks upstairs to go to like the top floor of a building to go into your office, you're going to have a higher need than someone who works from home, most likely. But yeah. the idea is you are in control of your need. You can choose to increase it by going for walks, by being more active. That's the that's the purpose of it. And that's why it's so, such a powerful um, piece of the jigsaw. Yeah, I, I did read something on this, though, to be fair. And it was like it, the principle in that sense is absolutely sound. But like needs sometimes for like other additions to it it's like need to win like if you're a fidgety person that increases your needs as well yeah and when you're actively um like trying to get more steps in we could consider that more as exercise um and there's a it, it, it's nuanced but i found it an interesting discussion because if mm. you make the intention oh we're going to do more steps around you're saying we're going to move more and then that could that be classified mm. then as exercise i suppose exercise because at, at the end of the day like it doesn't matter whether no, it's no, no, knees no, sure. or exercise because it's all burning calories right that's what i mean so yeah. as long as you know that you're not someone who moves a lot like you can then use exercise as your lever and as your leverage to make up for that um brilliant example mate good example my mom right my mom doesn't stop like moving walking doing stuff um and 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 you know, her friends all say the same thing. So oh, you never, you never carry excess weight. Like, how do you do it? And a lot of it is, is just in how she is as like an active person. Um, there's no sort of real secret behind it. But when we consider these things, you know, if we we look at energy balance as like the number one thing when it comes to like weight loss, weight gain, weight weight maintenance, um, you've got to you've got to look at what are the biggest things that affect that. Yes, food intake is the biggest, but neat steps activity levels are, are also a huge huge part of it so to say exercise is um is you know ineffective is ridiculous yeah, you, yeah. You, you you know we're meant to be encouraging exercise not putting people off it 100 percent, and i think like just talking generally now more so but like exercise is so many like positive ramifications ramifications like it gives you a bit of a purpose you've got something to aim for and then like mentally i think it's just such a good tool to get you into a better place it's kind of it adjusts your and again speaking loosely but like your hormone balances are a little bit better you kind of got your dopamine system firing on oh this is this this makes me feel good therefore i want to do more and it's like a nicely self-perpetuating cycle of positivity and you are right it's such a like it's such a like a disgusting kind of way to get attention to say, oh, exercise is basically bollocks. Because like I think you can ask anyone pretty much like who's who's especially if you've gone through like a bit of a weight loss journey, like exercise is amazing. And then you're starting to that's why it's so controversial because like it gets the passion out in people. Because at the end of the day, like people some people are just looking for an excuse and now a lot of people turn away and be like well there you go this expert has said this therefore exercise isn't going to work for me and it's just like oh man we just don't need that level of complication like we were saying earlier to to, to kind of add to it and i do find it interesting with neat because i'm so mindful of it now like i actively i wear my garmin watch i actively look to uh, to get up and about often but it's such a sad tale and i can tell you this happened to me like when i went from an active job walking around on my feet all day every day just bish bash bosh to a desk job that's when the weight come on and like people don't understand how much of a difference it can like if we have the neat difference of 400 calories between people 
like you were saying in your example, that's that's a that's a fucking whole meal basically for a lot of people, and like it's just mm. just so crazy, mate. One of the recommendations he made as well was we should look to <clears throat> eat thirty plants, thirty different plants a week. I'm telling you now, mate. From what we know about how many foods people generally eat across a week, um, and there's a range for that. But I'm telling, I'm telling you, like if you look at the research on that, it's not as many as you think. Like generally, we we eat like a like a, a similar amount of foods each week. I think in the research, yep. it's been a while since I've seen this. So I think it was something like sixteen to twenty-five different types. You know, not not a lot. So no, like, no, for sure. You know, variety. We know that people don't really get variety in their diets because we're so busy. People are stressed. People are busy. People have things to do. Nutrition goes down there, I suppose, priority order, really. So to push variety on people, I think, is is unfair in many ways. Mate, if you said to me, go and eat 30 different plants a week, I don't think I fucking know 30 plants. <laughs> Man, not Mate, if I said that to my busy, stressed out online client, I'd say, Rory, you've got to be fucking joking. Like, literally 30 different plants is is crazy. And I think to expect that of people is, um, is ridiculous as well. Because I'm telling you now, out of all the people I've worked with, I'd struggle to name five people who'd be willing to eat 30 different plants a week. <laughs> For sure. And again, you're so right. It's just like we're in this point in time with that kind of statement, we're kind of putting a bandage on a broken bone where we're, we're missing the key problem. Like, again, it's very specific, but we should probably like in those instances, we're looking at lifestyle. We're like, why are you so busy and asking these kind of questions? These are not the people who need that. Again, that complication and stuff like that. But I think that's a nice place to leave this episode. Yeah, it's been, we'll uh, leave it there before I go on a rant. I know it's been heated. It's been heated. There's been a lot of fire thrown back and forth, but, um, thank you ever so much for watching. If you did enjoy share it with a friend, we do always appreciate that. Um, helps get the, get that positive message out there of good information that we strive for. And, uh, yeah, thank you very much for watching again or listening. If you're on Spotify and I'll talk to you very soon in the next episode.